This is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya. And you're listening to, to Love, Love, Sex, and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. Welcome. Welcome. Valentine Lovecraft Falcon. <laughs> the Falcon, the Lovecraft and the Falcon have landed. Um, this mm-hmm. is a really, I'm feeling really blessed up and uh, honored and, and humbled and a little nervous to jump into this conversation today uh, with Valentine. We had her come in as our guest today. Valentine is a seer, she's a shamanic healer, she's an oracle medicine carrier, and she spent 13 years as a touring musician and a recording artist, and 12 years as a Raj Yogini. Uh, She's been a successful business owner, a fashion designer, she's certified in sound sound healing, um, and spent nine years of really deep dedication to her personal growth and she is a graduate of my mystery school and I'm very proud (laughs) of her process in um, becoming more of her and today we're talking to her because well you're going to jump in and tell us more Valentine but um, I just ask all of you who are listening to just say a prayer and hold some space because we're going to dive into some topics that Um, are scary for us to discuss and I think also for those listening so I'm gonna let Valentine share what you want to share right now and then we'll just open the space so why are you here with us why am I here (laughs) well tell us what you want to share well well what's interesting actually as I'm thinking about it too we have a few more days till Valentine's Day Mm. the reason I'm here with Eon and you, Satya, is because, because of the healing that happened from your podcast and the literal, the entire journey of, of my healing and my issues and all these things that were, you know, reconciled with Eon in her school. <laughs> And so it's this very, it, it's, it, it feels very ceremonial, a ceremonial today, if, you know, Satya, for you to do that song and to be with you both. I actually literally couldn't <clears throat> do this on my own. And I think that's also a testament to healing. And I'm also uh, wanting to share because I think there comes a time in our lives where, where you know, if you feel called all the aspects, and I know both of you do this, but all aspects of the life become part of our service. And so as much as we want to hide it, if you, if you really want to contribute to healing, it doesn't always look like being a practitioner in a particular format. Uh, in, in December, I was really getting a message to start to teach and to put myself out there more. 
And in this putting myself out there, all these, all these shadows want to come to the surface through this channel for the healing. So I have an offering, you know, I have some sessions, I do sessions, but this other thing wants to come through on a, on a different level. And because I am committed to, to teaching and sharing and letting whatever come through, I was noticing my personal thresholds were essentially asking me to, to share what I'm about to share today. So with that said, the, the premise is that when you have sexual abuse in your life, not only does the sexual abuse, well, for one, I had a known sexual abuse that happened when I, I think I was probably in third grade, maybe around that time frame, And I didn't remember it actually till in the eighties, they had those, you know, they were doing a lot of things around sexual abuse and they had this commercial, you know, or these, these little notices saying, has this been done to you? And this was like an 80s thing. I don't know if you both remember that. Yeah. And that's when it triggered me to remember this thing. And so I remembered it. It was when I was young. And in remembering it, I started to not only deal with the fact that this thing had happened, it corrupts my, it corrupted my innocence because, you know, I, uh, the timelines are a little mu muddy, but essentially from the time it happened, I, I became sexualized. And even in the event itself, I remember having sexual thoughts and that's a part of the sexual abuse. You actually, I remember actually thinking, I mean, it's, it feels even hard to say it, but I remember thinking, is this turning this person on? Even though I was terrified of the person and wanted to scream while it was happening, I was having these multifaceted, thoughts you know and experience and and so what it does is that it blasts the boundaries open it blasts the sexuality open and the you know and the innocence and so I from that point on I would always imagine people having sex which bothered me I felt terrible and this is like really young age you know and, and then the other aspect, which is the, the taboo aspect, is that I had intense fear, like as a young child, so afraid of harming somebody else. I remember being around babies, you know, you're a child and you're around a baby and you want to hold the baby or something. And, and although I never had any compromising thoughts, this this utter fear that I might touch somebody inappropriately or do anything that could essentially corrupt them, you know, and, and be, be the very thing that has happened to me and, and change the course of my life. And, and even though I was so young, I didn't grasp this kind of greater magnitude of, of what was happening to me. I, I literally every day from a, a, as a young person, was was really terrified of myself and and terrified of being a predator and I didn't even know that word that word actually didn't come up until I was 
you know, in, in your school, Eon, when I got that first initial healing. But there was, I, the word that always came to me was I was afraid I would do harm. And so as a young child, I, and I did go to a therapist, you know, I, because I was confessing all the time and my mom couldn't handle it. And I would just take a hair off of a baby's leg and I would need to confess, you know, just all the time confessing so that I was always clear and everybody knew what I was doing and, you know, everything was on high alert. And of course that, that created the foundation of guilt, shame, and an utter distrust of the self and because you are always afraid of being something harmful, but you, I didn't even have the languaging until 2020, uh, that it, I mean, you can just imagine how that, that lens through life, you know? I mean, I- I'm Yeah, very... I, I wanna just um, let you pause for a moment because I know that was hard to share. So go ahead and take <laughs> some deep breaths because thank you, because it's not easy. This is really difficult content and it takes a lot of courage to be here and share. So I love yeah. you and I see you. <laughs> and I wanna say for all those who are listening and this is deep stuff. Valentine is working with, thoughts and feelings and issues that she's never even been able to put words to. So the fact that you're putting words to them now that you're here to share it with the public, you're not only healing yourself in this witnessing, you're, you're healing everyone who's listening, myself included. So what she's talking about is very common for trauma survivors. Um, so when something bad has happened to us, we feel infected, like we've got yes. the virus. Yes. And, and then we feel that we're going to spread the virus yep. unintentionally because it's a fucking disease. Yep. It's a disease. And it does spread generationally. And as children, we know that. It's like somehow I knew that my abusers were abused. I always knew that. I always knew that this was done to them from their parents or from their uncles or whoever the hell did it to them. I always knew that. I always knew that this is a sick person that I'm dealing with. And I honestly felt empathy towards them. I felt like, oh my God, you poor thing. You don't know what real love is. Oh my God, you you poor sick adult, um, love is really pure and I'm carrying it as a child and I can give you that. And so what you were talking about, like wondering if your abuser was like uh, happy is normal for a yeah. child. I mean, it's so sick and twisted for an adult brain and it's so sick and twisted to say it and admit it. It's like, oh my God, I want to vomit, right? Like, why would you care if some pervert is like, enjoying himself while he's abusing a child but the child thinks that I mean I've thought that as a child mm -hmm. so when you first came to me and you started to share these feelings with me I was like it's totally normal like I I know that everyone who I've known and worked with who's overcome sexual abuse we we have to rewire our brains and it, I know that for me, the, the five years of celibacy I had, I was literally wanting to scrub my mind. Like I wanted all of it out of my mind. I didn't want any sexual touch because everything seemed to sort of somehow with the death of my father, it like opened something 
it opened all this hidden memory and then it crossed over everything. So anything I found pleasurable before, or even just like my own sexuality, I, it was so hijacked by sick thoughts and they weren't mine. And I knew they weren't mine. Um, And the only way I knew how to control them was to not engage in sex at all. Um, it was the only way I could purify and cleanse because somehow it was in my field and I feel like it was coming from the generations or from all the people I had interacted with and that, you know, some of us are the scapegoats in our family or we are the healers. We're the wounded exactly. healers. We're the ones who've come in and we've decided to digest it for humanity. So for right. everyone listening, Valentine is a digester of <laughs> a lot of trauma. She's an incredible healer amazing medicine carrier and this is your medicine so thank you uh, i would also like to say uh just from a you know sociology psychology perspective this is in a way it's, it's a marriage of uh something that is extremely healthy and absolutely necessary for the survival of humans and family getting married with something that turns it into bad because the healthiest people have innately the desire to please, the desire to help or follow rules um, or do what they're told or to, in order to be accepted into the tribe or in order to be loved. And this, without this, we wouldn't exist. Nobody would exist. So, so the healthiest people have that to begin with. And it, it is how we have been able to continue with our civilization so so it's so healthy those those feelings and thoughts and that and then it just kind of gets turned into this other thing with sexual abuse and and then and then that's where so much confusion lies but I want to say Valentine I love you so much and just (laughs) you know already just the way that you're sharing it it's it's as if there's a wholeness a whole perspective a whole uh like a coming together is what I'm feeling already of this topic in a way that I haven't really heard it before and and in a way that is new and necessary. So I'm just so thankful that you're you're sharing your your whole self and this is just so healing for me as well. I do want to add that not only is it natural for a healthy person to want to make, you know, someone else feel good, but it's also a way to survive the trauma. Like if you're in a traumatic situation, we put rose colored glasses on to survive. I did. Like I had to find pleasure in the pain else I couldn't tolerate the pain. Um, And I think it's just a way that survival works. Like if you don't learn how to enjoy something, um, you're going to suffer so much. So I think we just have this wiring that it, as young, very young people, you, you learn to like it. And also there's the, the whole guilt of liking it because it is your pleasure center. So if someone is arousing you and you know, it's wrong, like you're a child and right. it's an adult and they're touching you in ways that are pleasurable. So it's, it messes up the brain wiring completely. It's like, this is not supposed to happen, but it feels good. Okay. But 
why do they feel bad? Okay, so let me love them more. I mean, it's just creates this weird trauma bond, trauma looping um, wiring of the system. So I think it's not talked about enough. And it is a very sticky topic because, you know, anyone saying it out loud suddenly feels more sick before they feel healed. Um, so you being brave enough to speak it. And I remember when you first said it, it was so terrifying for you. And it, but it was like, like a nightmare for you were having and you said it. And I was like, Oh no, it's, it's normal Valentine. Like well, the, and then <laughs> the heart, be, the, the taking. Yeah. I mean, I want, I want it. There's more to the story, right? So of it's, course. so it's the, the actual act and then what it did and then the, the things that people talk about what it does, where it compromises your innocence, it discombobulates your whole sense of right and wrong and sexuality and thoughts that come in. And then there's this, this other piece that yeah. I, I, I'll share next. Yeah. So everyone listening, thank you for, for being with us and holding this in sacred containership because all of us have trauma at some level, some deeper degrees than others. And our podcast is a, a container, an alchemical container for us to clear Indeed. these deep, deep wounds that have made our society and our bodies quite sick. And so we're in the process of healing and clearing. And so with that, um, Thank you, Valentine, for sharing. And thank, thank you, you, Satya, for holding Both. this space with me for so mm -hmm. long, three years now. We're still doing it. And the healing continues. <laughs> it's, it's, trans, it's literally part of my healing. So, yeah. And again, and again today. Oh, it's so nice. Okay, we're going to keep Valentine on for another episode. So, until next time. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.